Bob the Morning, everybody, and welcome to Popcorn Culture. As always, I am your one true host, Jazzy J, joined today, as usual, by my brother, the one true co-host, Buzzy Benjamin B. How's it going, Ben? You know, honestly, I was I was kind of having a little bit of like a fight club moment uh, as I opened up the, the show notes here where I was yeah. like, I was like, I feel like something has happened that I don't remember. And that's because in the show notes, oh. you have the question, how is Ben's Coke addiction going? Yeah. Uh, to which I was like, um, um, as, as Ben could use some context. Right. Um, <laughs> because I was like, do, do. Do I have a Coke addiction? Well, so I think last week in the, uh, I, yeah, I re- you asked me about this and I was like, now it's like a week removed from context. So it doesn't really make sense. And if you didn't see it in the show notes last week, then it really doesn't make sense. But, um, but, I, but quietly somewhere out there on the internet, somebody like checked the show notes and we're like, Oh, that's right, because the show notes get posted. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, I didn't so even think about that. Someone's like, oh, man, I'm maybe surpri- we should address it. I'm surprised we just like skated right past skated this, right. whatever Ben's going skated through. Skated right past clearly, it. Clearly something. So so for immediate uh, uh, crystal clear clarity, because now we've provided just a, just innumerable words that have gone out into the internet yeah. uh, where we're, we've talked about Ben's coke addiction. About Ben Carlin's coke addiction, yes. Yeah, so yeah. Now <laughs> we've got like sound bites that somehow, like, you know, if we're ever running for public office, someone will find this and like find a way to like yeah they'll be like wait a minute (laughs) yeah (laughs) here here's ben himself talking about his coke addiction exactly now Um, uh so basically the i forget exactly what we were talking about last week but as i understand it like if you are a member of like uh, alcoholics anonymous or something the the messaging or sort of like the the way it goes is that like if you were an alcoholic even if you've been so like you're all you you like continue to be one even if you've been sober for like 10 years yeah like that's that's like people talk about it like the addiction is a disease like it is yeah so it's like i it's like i'm like you're always a recovering alcoholic even if it's been you know forever yes right right, right. so so in that same way um uh i i remember you you these days do not drink uh soda almost at all but definitely like what uh dark soda yeah i would say that it's a pretty rare thing for me to have soda in any capacity and for the most part so yeah for for double crystal clear clarity we're talking about coca-cola the beverage yeah coca-cola the beverage coke cocaine yeah um but um yeah, so it's it's a pretty rare thing to have soda at all, and when I do, it's almost always like as like a mixer in some type of like you know like cocktail type right. drink, like a like a ginger beer or something like that. Um, but back in my high school days, I, or not high school days, really really high school into college, I guess, uh, particularly like with cross country, one of the things that I that I like think was constantly happening was our team ran just just a stupendous amount i think even for cross country runners like it our, could be our coaches had been like collegiate runners where the the typical event i think is the 8k instead yeah. of the 5k um so it's like a little bit longer but as a result i feel like their coaching regimen that they used was like like 10 miles like per weekday and then and that was like you know like our base runs and then if it was like a workout day it was like a bare minimum that they would like comprise eight miles of like distance traveled so over the course of like a five-day week on minimum you probably ran 
40 miles and on maximum close to like 50 plus miles. Right. Yeah. The, something ridiculous. And I think that like one of the big things like I've, I've looked back on at the time, because like one of the things I used to always say is that like, I, I always kind of felt like I really wish I had played football because like, I just really enjoyed playing like pickup football more than anything. Yeah. Um, it was just like so much fun to go and like play in the backyard with like my buddies and everything. And I just super, super enjoyed it. And I, both of us have just like really very big, big hands. hands. Yeah. yeah. So there's a chance that like maybe like as like a wide receiver or something like that, we could have like, you know, had like some some high school glamour. I don't know what the right word I'm looking for there is um, like like the, the idea, like excelling at a sport or something. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Some stardom. Sure. Um, but one of the big things about me and I'm, I'll get back to the, the why this is involved with Coke in the first place. But um, <laughs> is that as a as a high schooler, I was, you know, six foot tall and weighed like maybe 130, 130 pounds soaking wet like just oh i know like, like sometimes like beth uh, yeah beth asked me recently like what i weighed in high school and i was like 150 yeah and she was like what right right <laughs> you know which is ridiculous because I, I like hover around like the the 180 mark in my adult life um most of the time sure and so like even like these days when i feel like man i've been like working hard i've been you know really trim i've been, or I've been working out i've been eating really healthy for like you know even like a, a several months period. And I feel like I've definitely like cut weight or whatever. I will, you know, I'll look in the mirror and be like, even in your form right now, you are 30 pounds heavier than you were like in cross country shape. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Which is not to say that's a bad thing. I think that is a good thing and that I am a much healthier person uh, today, but it is just hilarious to me that like me going to college weighed like 30 pounds less because yeah. like it, like right now I I am a regular normal fit looking person. Yes. Whereas yeah, like absolutely. I, if I lost 30 pounds, I would probably look sick, you know? <laughs> I, I Yeah, right. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's sort of like what I'm touching on here is I think like it, it would not have surprised me because the the idea of like the um at, like athletes diet that like we would have been needing like it would not have been unreasonable in high school when we were doing this much like physical activity for us to be eating 3,500 plus calories per day. Mm -hmm. And instead it wouldn't, it would not at all have surprised me if I would wake up and have like a pop tart for breakfast, a school lunch for lunch, and then like tacos for dinner with mom or something, right? you know? And like, that would have been like the, like the day's slate. Like it, it honestly, I don't even know if it would have surprised me if I was eating like 1500 calories a day while also running that far right and so i i realized and it, it came back to me a little bit while i was marathon training uh where like i would get to the end of a run and this would happen to me in high school all the time and i would be craving sugar like just no other it was mm. like and like i think at the time it was just sort of like yeah because sugar is awesome soda is delicious like of course i want like to leave practice and go and get like a slurpee from 7-eleven or something right. like that you know like and uh i don't think it ever really occurred to me that it was my body being like dude you need more nutrients you'd be depleted right now right so it was like it was like all right we're gonna go for sugar because that's gonna be like the like the like one way transfer of all of all of the energy you just exerted we're gonna like consume just a lot and instantly burn it right back off again. Right. Um, and so that was sort of like my my entire high school regime. But I bring a lot of that up because the, even 
even the idea of like playing football in high school, I would have been broken in half if somebody oh, right. had like tackled me. I mean, like I, people literally called me like string bean right. because I was like just tall and lanky. Yeah. But I mean, if you'd been playing football, you would have been working out in the weight room a lot and not running that far. Not running that yeah. far. And probably I, I would suspect that the the football coaches probably had more of a like, hey, you need to be eating a lot of food a lot of food yeah M- more than what you're currently eating because you are you are just too small to be out there um and so i think that that's probably you know something that would have would have come into play but so as a result i feel like um as i especially like sort of like left high school entered college and you know like was doing like my own like grocery shopping and stuff is when i really uh started like go to go buy like soda and it was sort of like I can get whatever I want and fill my fridge with whatever I want. Whatever I want. And so I did. And so through college, I feel like I probably had like an entire lifetime's worth of Coca-Cola. Right. Yeah. Uh, I remember like when we were living together, I think, uh, or you've told me that you were drinking like maybe like three cans of just like Coca-Cola regular per day. Coke, Coke heavy. Coke heavy. Yeah. Coke diesel. Coke diesel. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I think that that would have been like an easy, easy assertion that it would have been would have been at least that right but then at some point you just decided quitting cold turkey pretty much yeah and you know the the day that i specifically remember was going uh we were doing yard work at your uh the first house that you guys bought which the backyard had like been very meticulously uh by the prior owners like like they had like planted like all sorts of like different kinds of like bushes and foliage and they were into some plant life yes yes and i i so i i know that like upon getting there that was like that you would almost need to be like a full-time gardener to have like tended to it i mean it was definitely like a full-time hobby for them and then in the meantime they had already vacated the home for like six months so right like no one was taking care of it and there was like a in like a higher than average number of things that had become very overgrown. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I basically remember that like we were out there, we were like slaving away. I think we had already taken like multiple trips, you know, to the dump, like of just like all of this, like plant life and material and and things that we had like taken down to like try mm-hmm. to like get you back to like backyard zero. Right. And Beth came out and handed everybody a, it was a coconut LaCroix, which I'm yeah. sure people will have strong opinions about, but no, people do have opinions about the coconut LaCroix. Yeah. A personally a fan, personally, a fan. personally a fan um, as well. But, uh, and, and partially due to the, this next fact, which was just that like, same thing. So I was like, you know, I'm out there, like, you know, working, we're sweating, doing like all this stuff. And it's like, it was like the moment it hit my lips. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, I needed this so bad. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, this is, I would, I, I can drink this and it's not soda and full, you know, like sugar and stuff. And I'll just drink this instead. And so like literally like that day, it wasn't, it wasn't like a planned thing. It wasn't like, you know, like I was looking at myself being like, I need to make a change. It was just sort of like, this is just healthier. This is just healthier. So it's just like, boom, done over with this. Like, you know, and, and just basically like from that day forward, I just never drank Coke ever again man um i know and so this was um or i guess i like dark sodas is, is what i would say I, i've had like sprite as well it's probably somewhere sure. you know like mixed in there but again it's a, it's a pretty rare thing what about what about the coloring makes a difference to you i have literally no idea no this idea. is this is possibly where like even even including this in the show notes is like where like in some way the the like the dark soda like a dr pepper would be more likely and maybe I see what your point is here now too. Um, more likely to make me like you know air quotes fall off the wagon so mm. to speak, where it would be like like you know it's like if I'm gonna have a Dr Pepper, it's like that's not really not that different from like 
like a like a Coke Diesel. Right. So like, I may as well just go and have one of those again. And so, uh, like during like Allie's pregnancy, for example, though, like you know, she had you know just like all of her her myriad of cravings. And at one for like one period of time, I think like second trimester, it was it was Coke. And so um, I remember like I would go you know like fix it for her because she'd be like sitting on the couch and like I think that like the soda syrup would like help ease the nausea or something. Mm-hmm. And it would be the type of thing where it's like that first like fizzing bubbly scent smell sure. after it's like been poured over ice. Yeah. Ugh, that's it's what almost got good. me. That, and that, that was the moment where it was like, oh dear. Like it's like, it, it like occurred to me. I was like, hmm, I don't ever think of this as a problem. I don't have temptation. Like when we go to, when we go out to lunch, like, you know, there's, there's never even a part of me that's like, I would love to order a Coke right now. Right. But self-discipline. Self-discipline. Gotta, gotta, gotta stick to it. Like, it's not like that. Like, I'm not, I'm not battling with it on, yeah, on, no. like, a, on like a daily. But I will say, when, when Ali was going through that phase, there was a couple of moments where I was like, oh man, this, this smells really good. It was, it was almost like my mouth was like salivating at like yeah. the thought of it. It was like, I wonder if it would be a problem. I wonder yeah. if it would be a problem. And so anyway, um, I just, just was it, th- that was probably a moment where it was like, all right, gotta, gotta summon some willpower here. <laughs> that is so, it's curious to me that the coloring of the drink matters to you because like, it doesn't like, it, it would surprise me to find out that like Coke was worse for you than Sprite or oh, something. It, and like, I've seen you like at the movies drink, um, a starry or, um, <laughs> like the new Sierra, the, mist. New, the new Sierra mist or a Sprite or ginger ale or something. Sure. So sure. it's like, I know it's not that like zero soda policy, but like, I've heard you also use the phrase dark soda before at, like, and it's like, I don't think there's really a difference between dark soda and clear soda, except for the color, except maybe what I'm hearing from you is that if you drank what you knew to be a dark soda, it would be more of a slippery slope because it would like make you want a Coke more and be just because of the color. Yes. And if, if you drank Coke again, maybe it would be a very slippery slope and you would just fall back into like a much less healthy habit, like a habitual behavior. And I think, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Like this, this is not like a high horse type of like, I only drink clear sodas because (laughs) the the honest thought is that I don't really just drink. I just, that's why I keep going back to it. It's like, I don't drink a lot of soda. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Um. And and so that's that's probably more or less like what what it comes down to. And so I would think I think that probably at its core, when I enjoyed it at the most, it was just that like the standard yeah standard brand Coke, mm-hmm. and that was like the thing. So and and realistically, I mean, like you know uh, the the other big thing that was happening during this particular phase of my life is that I was climbing a lot, mm. and one of the big things for rock climbers, uh, at least at least it seemed like the general consensus within our gym um, was sort of like, you know, the more body weight that you could keep off, then the less weight you had to haul up the rocks. Right. And so like, I've, I've even heard people before say like, you know, that, that like if they were like big into rock climbing, like they didn't even want to do like squats and stuff because like you don't need really, really, really powerful legs to climb. Oh, right, to climb. But and, that like, yeah, squats will grow your leg muscles considerably. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. Then, and then you're just, then you're dragging even like leg muscle weight up right. the wall. So it's like, it's literally like keeping all weight lower. So uh, I think probably this, like this aligned very nicely with my other more pressing goals at the time, which was to excel at rock climbing. And so what I did was it was like, all right, well, this will probably also cut down on on something. Maybe, right. maybe I will lose like a couple extra pounds. And and when you're when you're reaching the point that that I think I was with that activity, that probably does start to make like 
you know, like one percent differences and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of like what you need to like to to take that next little step. Those like one percent incremental improvements. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, so that's that's largely the what what it comes down to. But so so yeah. How how is my my to answer the question in full after nearly twenty minutes of discussion is how is Ben's coke addiction going? I would say it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, you have it under fine. control. Well, I, I just thought I'd check in on you. Yeah, you know, yeah, no, make sure you're doing okay over there. Right, right. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you know, right. I got your back, man. Right, right. If you're right. ever feeling it, you need to call me and be like, Jay, I'm really feeling a coke right now. I'll be like, Ben, reach for the sprite. It's okay. <laughs> reach for that. It's gonna be fine. It's clear it's soda. Fine. <laughs> it's way healthier. <laughs> it's way better for you you can get through this um but yeah so when when i was marathon training though it was exactly the same thing again where i would get to the end of some of these long runs and it would be like i could go and make like an entire tray of brownies and eat the whole thing right now yeah and it was because it was just like what i wanted so badly was just pure raw energy sugar right like, you know just like immediate conversion type stuff right um and anyway so um but pretty much since i have ebbed off of my marathon training i have also found that this particular craving just once again went away so it's like okay huh? oh man that's yeah. helpful popcorn culture is sponsored by shopify Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card 
Now, I know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform, which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see. But you can also request them to be sent to you at any time. So they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do. But whether you're buying, selling, trading or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out. And right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, I do remember. Um, this is maybe just an intro. I think this will serve as a good segue. Okay, as like a um, uh, what is like a like a psychological phenomenon or whatever. Ooh, I know. I love where we're headed. This is like a uh, me remembering like a um. I'm sure you're familiar with like the the spotlight effect, which yeah. is just that like your belief that everyone notices everything about you. That like you're the center of attention and they, the they failure do. to recognize that no, they do. <laughs> they do. Okay. They do. Yeah. Well, this yeah. is a story about how I learned th- that where one of the one of these moments where it was like they don't. Okay. Okay. You know? Okay. Okay. <laughs> so um so same thing when we started running cross country that was one of the things they're like oh you shouldn't drink soda and I'm like okay and I like really took that and this was in like ninth grade so like you hadn't quite started doing it yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember like I was just like okay I'm just not going to drink soda and it was like it was just like an internal decision I didn't really tell anybody uh-huh. and so for like the next year anytime we went out to like a restaurant or anything you know they go around take your drink order i would always order like lemonade or sweet tea okay and like nobody and like in an effort to not drink soda okay and in my mind this was such like a such a a, a solve such a like oh yeah I, i'm i'm avoiding this thing whereas like when i look back it's like there's no way that drinking you know, the lemonade or the sweet tea they're giving you at a restaurant is any better for you than just having a soda anyway. Sure. Like like the sugar content is probably the sugar content's the same. The real answer was get water. But so like, I remember like this finally coming up, maybe when you started and they were like, yeah, they said like, don't drink soda or something. And it was like, yeah, I haven't been doing that for, you know, (laughs) a year or whatever. And I remember mom being like, what? And I was like, I haven't. She's like, but like what even when we're out, I'm like, yeah, I just always get like sweet tea or something. And it was like cl- like nobody in the family had like internalized or noticed that I had like stopped consuming soda at all. That's really interesting. Yeah. And that it was like really to me, it felt very obvious. Like, oh, man, this is such an obvious change Jonathan's making for his life right now. And it right. was like, but nobody noticed, like no one picked up on it at all. Because like there was there was not like sodas stopped being in the fridge. I just didn't grab them. And it's like, how much do you notice what other people are drinking? <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. it reminds me of the Shawshank Redemption quote. It's like, how often do you really look at a man's shoes? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Answer for me, always. Always that's now, a, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's that is that's a it's a really good point though. I think um, it, it's like, yeah, you you think that everybody is paying such like watchful and, and careful attention as to like all of the like little like moments of of 
your existence right. and and they're they're simply not you yeah know? like so it's like a little bit of pressure you can like take off of yourself yeah um so that's that's handy that is handy yep. um similarly on that same front i do have like a different uh psychological phenomenon uh, that, see, that, i told you it'd be a good segue i know i know yeah we're 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 just we're just jumping all about <laughs> over here um but there is um as as per always i i you know like i, I think the the introspection is certainly something that I'm, I'm constantly like sort of combing through in uh my brain a little bit and um um, I was playing a board game a couple of weekends ago. We were at um, like Smith Mountain Lake for Memorial Day, and it just absolutely downpoured the entire time. Mm-hmm. So like literally we were able to get in the lake for like 10 minutes, and it basically was sort of like I had to like psych myself up before yeah. I like hopped in there because I was like, if I'm here and I brought the boat, got a water ski for at least like 10 minutes. So I did, and everybody went out there, and it was a great time, but uh, otherwise, for most of the weekend, we were inside rewatching like Ice Age: The Rise of Dinosaurs or something, which Ooh, nice. is yeah, wow. tr- truly awful. Uh, was not a fan whatsoever. Uh, but it was the only DVD, and there was uh, very limited cable and uh, just a single DVD player. Well, and so we, we just it was like on repeat. Addy did seem to at least somewhat be mesmerized by it, so we'll we'll count that for something. But in the meantime, we've been playing this game called. Um, fire tower i think it's actually a really cool board game and um i am excited to play it with you at some point in time oh man me Um, too but the general premise is that you've got like if you can imagine like a scrabble board like 10 by 10 uh there's like four squares right in the center which is like where like the fire has like begun um and as the then you like you like roll for like a wind direction and then each player goes around and has the ability to like add a gem going in the direction of like the wind and then also like one card that they can play that can like allow like the fire gems to go somewhere else so there are four players in the game everybody has their quadrant if you if you can imagine and yep. you can kind of like keep up with me so far i gotcha um and as as the game goes one of the big things that can like work against you very quickly is if the wind from the very beginning is blowing in your direction because that means that almost right away every other player in the game by default is sending flames towards your tower right because and that's like how you lose and that's how you lose yes if the fire makes it to your tower uh and then you have like the ability to like put the fire out along the way and stuff like that but it ends up making like a really interesting visual display because like the little gems end up sort of like imitating the way that fire would blow yeah. you know because it's like because it is following some kind of a pattern um but one of the things that i that i started to pick up on as i was playing the game because there was uh one round in particular where n- not a single gem ever got placed in my quadrant right and so like i'm playing with three other people their quadrants are like full of like little gems heading right. in their respective fires ablazing fires ablazing so like they are in imminent danger of of losing the game right. because the fire is like is now heading heading their way specifically um and as i was sitting there i it occurred to me that i was like i was just like i was so anxious i was like everything's about to change the wind's about to blow my direction everybody's about to gang up on me like i am about to i am about to go down but then like i like zoomed back and I, i'm sitting there looking mm-hmm. at the board and i'm like you literally could not ask for a better situational position for this game to be in right than like, have no gems whatsoever in your space right like everyone else is literally on fire whereas you have managed to not even get a single gem on your quadrant of the board exactly right like things are going for you as well as they could many turns into the game exactly yeah and and so that's that's the thing it's like i am i am 
absolutely in the best possible position I could be in, but it was like, there are, you know, and, and this is going to, I'm going to expand this thought like beyond the board game itself a little bit. So for, for the purposes of the analogy, but it's like, there are bad things happening and it's like, I can see the other bad things happening and I can tell that like bad things have happened, you know, to like the, the other people by way of the, 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 the game unfolding yeah. so far. And it's like, it's like by the very nature of playing the game, you subject yourself to the fire heading in your direction. But like, all things being equal, you couldn't be in a better position than you're already in. Right. And so I was like, I, I, I can back this out to the psychological phenomenon, which is just catastrophizing. Yeah. And which is a word I never know if I'm saying correctly. Catastrophizing. I think I got that right. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah. Catastrophe, um, catastrophizing. But it's basically like assuming the absolute worst case scenario is going to happen every single time anything comes up ever right you know so it's like if something negative happens it's it's almost like okay well that's it that's it that's the end probably everything's gonna unravel from here and like nothing there's no way to to save any of it um and the way that i that i think about this is i was like you know probably for the most part in life it's like the board game it's like i am standing in a in in like a great situation there are no fire gems but it's like just because there are fire gems anywhere else in the fact that they could cross into my quadrant even just a little bit it's like it's like if, if even just one got placed it would be like that's it yeah that's i don't it. like this it's like i'm going down but then it's like you know you, you can look at like all of the other and it's not to say like you know like oh i am immune of anything bad happening to me and and all the bad things will happen to all of you know to to everyone else out right. there in the world um but it's it's i think it's been like an oddly helpful thing for me to realize like when when something like goes wrong or there's like a disagreement or an argument or a complaint or like a negative comment or or something like that like um where you know it's like i i feel like it's like okay there was one that's one gem your fire tower is not at risk right like you you have more than enough it's like yes there is a fire yes it is in your quadrant no it is not like 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 yeah like going to burn you down yeah like as you're playing the game you're you're looking around noticing you're in the best possible position and you're still responding as if you're in like one card away from certain death exactly yeah and it's like no like like not only is not everyone about to gang up on you they can't all they can do is play defense right now right exactly (laughs) yes like yeah but it's like but that doesn't matter i could still probably and i I still might and probably will lose in a moment whereas like the truth is even if a little bit of fire got over to you it's like that you can it's not like you can't handle it right 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 yeah but like that's how you're living your life is what you're saying that like even when you look out it's like even though things could be going as good for you as you think they could like they're they're you're you're acting as though the you know earth is about to open beneath you yes yeah i mean it would be like being out to sea being in a ship and seeing like one tiny little cloud and otherwise a completely clear blue sky day and being like that's probably going to turn into a hurricane yeah yeah you know like if, if any second now like you know what like i have no other defenses it's just me out here alone and and you know what there is a cloud and that cloud could turn into a bigger cloud and that cloud could turn into high winds and thunder and rain and waves and you know and it's right like, but yeah so anyway this is something that i um i i know that I do, but when something feels like it's going wrong, 
it, it's always like the part of my brain that is so certain that that imminent destruction is coming that it's like I can't I can't out rationalize myself mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense you right. know it's like it's like are, it's like are you, are you just imagining everything being the worst or is it is it possible that today is just a bad day is it possible that little cloud's gonna blow over you know and it's right. like it's like um it's 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 hard it's hard to know and then of course the other thing too is that like it may be the case that genuinely bad things do end up happening but they don't that doesn't mean they impact you forever and ever and ever right you know it's like at some point in time that's like maybe you do have a store like a day like a stormy day at sea right but like it can pass yeah <laughs> and then the next day you know what comes after a storm usually a little bit of calm yeah 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 after the what is it what is it and uh after the after the rain comes the rainbow after, yeah yeah is that are you quoting um star killer base undercover <laughs> boss yeah absolutely absolutely yeah but <laughs> just simply one of the greatest pieces of of internet media that there is right yes yes it is a real peak for snl yeah hi yeah. i'm matt yeah radar technician nothing has ever been as good want to have my muffin matt <laughs> muffin anyway Come so on. that's that's been my that's been my big um like past week's worth of psychological uh self-assessment is is the catastrophizing so oh, nice. ask yourself whether or not you do this do i like catastrophize there are certainly times when i think i do where i am like uh where like if yeah if something's going bad i'm just like it'll probably be this way forever now better just go ahead and start getting used to it right or something even though like that's unrealistic uh, and not true most of the time <laughs> right right yeah okay so is there an opposite of catastrophizing because it occurs to me as i was as i was even saying this i was like sometimes i think that i also have the opposite issue which is that like if some if if there have been three bad things that have happened in a row then i'm assuming that i'm on a downward trend that will only ever go down for the rest of forever alternatively sometimes i feel like if three good things happen in a row that i'm like i am basically invincible right now everything is awesome and right. it will always be awesome and you know, the, which also then ends up having its own complete flip side, which is that after three three good things have happened, if right. one negative thing has happened, then it's like, well, there goes that trend forever. I know. I feel like <laughs> that 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 the problem, what makes it so easy to catastrophize is that sometimes that does happen. Like things can go be going really well and then something bad can happen. Right. And like like the you were feeling so good and then something bad happened. And then it's like you become afraid of feeling good again because the bad because it's like you know it's, it's like that saying like when you're at the top the only place to go is down right and it's like i don't even, i don't like the existence of that saying you yeah, know right it's like we should just eliminate that saying it's like when you're at the top the only way to go is down it's like that's just like what a what a negative outlook it's you true know? it's true it's, it's like, like uh like, you could keep going up you could plateau you could go left or right you could glide over to that mountain you know whatever well i, I mean that's the thing too is that it's like it's like what do you not to do you want to not win the super bowl because if you do ever not winning it again oh, is basically it's exactly like, it's like it's you like, have to be able to like like take the peak frame it in your mind as a glorious thing that has happened and, right. and cherish it forever as right. like it's like you know what there's a really cool thing I, had, I accomplished a really cool thing it doesn't mean that i won't ever have a bad day again but it did still accomplish a really cool thing. Right. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, you're right. It would be ridiculous to be like, it's not worth winning the Super Bowl if you can't win it every single year for the rest of your life. Because if you ever do lose it again, people will only remember that and you'll probably be a failure. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You'd be like, that's exactly. ridiculous. If you even get to the Super Bowl once, that's amazing. You right. Know? You're already playing professional football. You're you've already got the dream, man. Right. <laughs> you know. So here's the other. You're exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like you already went. 
you already you're already professional, right? How many people played college football that didn't make it to the NFL? Most of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like even even if you made it to the NFL and did nothing other than just be a backup to someone else the entire time, you still won. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that is still incredible. Um but yeah, so the, the other the other I think uh, like lure of this particular like way, way of thinking is frequently like, well, if I constantly predict the worst case scenario, then even if it ever does come to pass, come to pass, then at least, you know what? At least I was right. Yeah. What it, yeah. That's no solace. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's like, it's like, well, it, like the, it goes back to that, like Newt's commander quote. It's, it's sort of like the, uh, like, you know, worrying just means you suffer twice. It's exactly what it is. And it's yeah. like, yeah, it's like, oh, if you're, yeah. If you constantly worry about the worst case scenario, then yeah, even if it comes true, like, oh, you were right. But also now you're in the worst case scenario. So good for you. Right, right. It's like, right. Yeah, like this, is, this is not the thing that you want to be right about. And it can also become like its own version of like a self-fulfilling pro- prophecy, so to speak, where it's like if you're constantly manifesting this negative thing to happen and then it comes to pass, then it's like it's like. Uh, I, I think some of the examples that I was reading about when I was reading about catastrophizing I'm gonna was... I'm going to look up what's the opposite of catastrophizing while you tell the story. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see. It, it'd be like the idea of like starting some type of initiative, some type of project, and feeling like inadequate result, results early were basically an indicator that it wasn't worth putting any more effort into at all. And so the idea there is that like you may have a great idea, but just because it didn't take off on day 1, you gave up on it. But if you if you would be willing to give it 10 days and and that like, you know, kind of persist through the the early lack of interest, then maybe it could end up yielding something that's like truly amazing. You just kind of have to like be willing to stick with it. Mm-hmm. And um that that like I think can be like a, a particularly challenging thing to do as well. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm not getting the results I want and therefore like like and that's when it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like I'm not getting the results that I want and so I'm not going to put any more effort into it and therefore I will never get the results that I want. But also you stopped putting effort into it. So why would anything have ever changed? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, you know, then, then I feel like, you know, there's, there's, um, like, you know, phrases that can, that can compete with just about any sentiment you ever feel like, oh, it's also like the, like, like, you know what, you gotta know when to quit. You gotta know when to quit. And it's like, like that, that competes with this other idea as well. And it's like, uh, that, that can get into my mind and all oh, like yeah, competing, like, like, you know, phrases right in terms of like which which one should you actually follow like which voice should you listen to right yeah it's like sometimes yeah you're right it's like it's like sometimes phrases just exist out there and they have like this presence in the in the in the world and you're sort of like well if if they're so widespread and accepted there must be some truth to them but sometimes they yeah in or in or conflict with one another yes or it's just like you know you're right like i you constantly yeah you're right like you got to know when to quit you know, but, like but also you never know. give up. Yeah, but also never give up. Right. Yeah, it's like uh, those are both phrases you've certainly heard before. Yeah. And and unlike you know probably at any given point in time. Uh, so I mean, it, but we, yeah, you're at certain points they're both true. Right. Yeah. 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 Um. And and I would I very frequently we've told the story many times, but like you know early Super Carlin Brothers, like you easily could have said at the end of year one, like if I never give up and eventually this could go somewhere or you got no one to quit, man. We did 260 videos in one year and you know what? Like we're not, we're not doing it full time. So, you know, it's like, and both of those sentiments could have been like 
reasonable right. yeah. to, to hear in that moment. Yes. Like, you know, and, and it would it would really just depend on like which one you decided to like latch on to. Right. So so we didn't quit. <laughs> we we didn't quit. Now we're here. <laughs> now you hear here this we are. Yeah. Now you're hearing us talk yeah. right now. So there wasn't an obvious like just this is the opposite of catastrophizing. I thought when I looked it up, there would be like a really obvious word and it would be like so p- some people are like this and that's problematic. But then on the other side of things, there's people who are just always looking always like um, assuming the best out of every single thing. And that's a problem for these reasons. And there it, wasn't like, there wasn't like an opposite to it, which I feel like is very telling that it is. I mean, we, would you, how about the word delusional? D- oh, would you, would you feel like delusional could be catastrophizing like catastrophizing or delusional, but you could be, but catastrophizing could be its own form of delusions. It, it's true. Yes. Yeah. I think you would have to apply delusional in a way that made sense. But like th- this could be a type of situation where, where like someone potential, I mean, and, and again, you know, maybe it depends on your perspective, but like someone who, has been doing something um for th- th- three decades you know to to no prevail and has like th- utilized every resource at their disposal and it's like it still hasn't gone anywhere and yet they're still like my big break is just around the corner it's like right it's like <clears throat> and again it goes back to that same question it's like maybe it is yeah you know it's like may- maybe it's like literally you know it's you're, you're only ever one idea away from like from from something right from something working right but at what point in time does somebody become delusional or or within this particular capacity should we just like erase that completely it's like there's no such thing as delusional if you think it can work then like keep going right yeah, yeah. <laughs> keep trying do, is it what is it is it illusions of grandeur is that is that the or delusions of grandeur I mean the I, same thing I, you you said both they both kind of sounded both right sound like they could kind of work <laughs> yeah i don't know I, I think it's illusions of grandeur um but uh like e- even that is probably the type of thing you know where i would be willing to bet that anybody who's become a world leader it's like you're talking about such a finite group of people but almost all of them surely had illusion i don't know which one it is now yeah <laughs> Illusions of grandeur. I'm going to commit to one and just assume there you right. Go, boom. Um, you know, and and somebody you know may have may have talked to George Washington and been like, that's a little bit bold. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Defeat not, the British? Come on now. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> um, you know, but but like then there then there's also sort of the um, the fact that I feel like they say like there's there are no key contributors as to like uh types of people who will go on to be like olympians for example because or or, you know nfl player nfl Mm -hmm. athletes because it's like you're talking about a sample size that is so alarmingly small despite the fact that the nfl may seem huge and there have been hundreds or thousands of players who have played in the game right it's like it's like it's such a small 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 tiny percent of people who ever make it to that level right you know at all mm-hmm. um and so there's there's really like no, there's no contributing anything that can suggest like ah yes like you were born under this star sign at this date with a football in your hand and right you know, yeah it's like it's like oh we can we can we can predict early and, and true for you right it's like yeah I'll, i feels like the the main thing that's going to make you a good football player is being um genetically tall and big <laughs> and yeah it's it's that combination of it's like it's like the the talent resources and opportunity is that the is that like the three uh things that usually like all have to like find a way to like merge yeah. you know in a capacity because like uh for, for so many olympians and, and very rightfully so you know like whenever they're talking about like how how these people have made it there um there, there's a lot of shout outs given to the parents along the way as well who you know 
agreed or saw the potential somewhere along the way. Right. You know, because I I have to imagine that there's at least some human beings on planet Earth who had Olympic potential, but, you know, like maybe didn't have like the the agreement from the parents or the access to resources to go and like pursue doing it in such a capacity. Um, Yeah. Alice and I were talking about um, her sister and uh, nieces and nephew. They race uh, BMX bikes. Yeah. And it's like, it's like their version of like what what we would have seen as like travel soccer where like, you know, this is like what they do on the weekends. They're like at the track, they've got like all the gear and like, you know, the bike racks and the like, you know, that like, this is like what they do and they're out there and they're, they're they're doing it and they're doing it. Um, But you know, we're, we're, I mean, it's a, it is a, like a, like a fairly, and as many hobbies are, it's a fairly expensive endeavor to get into. Right. You know, because the, the, just, just the bike, you know, can cost a lot, let alone, you know, any of the, 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 the travel the, and the, yeah, right, yeah like the like, practice, the whatever passes you need to get into the, the training grounds, living in an area that has an appropriate, um, place to train. Right. Yeah. And coaches yeah. and, and, yeah, and, all, coaches rest, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so, I mean, there's, there's certainly like a lot that, you know, that, that has to go into it. And so like, not only do you have to be the, this level of talent, but you have to find it early enough and you have to have the right coaches and, and then, right. you know, all, all the rest of the ingredients need to merge together. But I do always find it to be particularly interesting. I, there's nothing I love more than hearing a good Olympian story. Oh, absolutely. Like, Gosh, I can't, there was um, a couple of books. What did we read last year? There was one that there was think again. And then there was the other one about like the one percenting uh, atomic habits, atomic habits. I can't, yeah, I think maybe this was the, in the atomic habit book. I always think about this one particular um, story about this um, couple who decided that they wanted their children to be like chess champions. Yes. Yes. And like, they they just sort of decided this before the kids were even born. Yeah. And so like they ended up having three daughters and like they they just decided like we're dedicating all of our efforts to making our children chess champions. And so like from the moment they were born, their rooms were like, you know, covered in like, you know, even, you know, baby pictures of like pawns and bishops. And they had like chess children's books and chess, you know, imagery around them even if they couldn't play it and as soon as they could start to learn the games they would just like play the games with them and they would play against them and they would give them like tutorial books and give them computer games and they hired coaches you know from like the age of four or something and it was like and the the family culture was was chess yeah the family culture was chess there's nothing more important than excelling at chess right it's like this is what we did everything about it you know you 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 had dinner you played dad in chess and then you played your sister in chess or whatever right and it was like their story it's so crazy that you know they didn't know that the girl yeah because you, whenever you hear stories about like great chess people it's like oh yeah they just had like a natural knack for it and they sort of went on for it but it's like they couldn't have known ahead of time that these people were good at chess and it's not i doubt they just like got lucky and just like yeah we wanted our girls to be good at chess and turns out they were right. but like you know the eldest daughter you know she went on to you know immediately start winning a bunch of championships and then the middle daughter like outperformed her and the third daughter was like a grant like one of the youngest grandmasters in the world like yeah like, like ever like, like i think faster than like bobby fisher yeah, yeah. Bob, bobby fisher yeah okay yeah so, yeah that's that's the big chess guy yeah, yeah. okay yeah so i think he i think she, this like one of the daughters got to that title faster than he did yeah and so like, it was just like you know it was it a matter of just like oh yeah they were all just predisposed for chess it was like no they just lived and breathed it because that was the culture of their family and what was important to them from like the moment they were born yes and, yeah well i think even the parents weren't like 
other than like passing hobbyists or something at chess. They weren't like competitive people growing up. They were just like, this is what our kids are going to do. And so they did. Well, I think I, there's a, ch- there's a chance that it even, it predated that entirely where I think that like the reason, the way in which they got together was like an agreement to like, I, I mean, it sounds, it sounds kind of odd from this perspective, but like to run an experiment oh, right. together. Oh, like, like on the, you're right. Maybe it, that was part of it too. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was like a very like pre, like predetermined, like this is the goal right. from the start. Right. Can we raise chess champions if it's all we care about? Yes. And the answer yeah. was yes. The answer was yes. The yeah. answer was yes. I mean, and, and so, you know, it would, I don't know, but it's, it, it always goes back. There was a year one SCB video that I made that was like the create your player theory and, and the very brief version of it was I remember in Madden, the football game, you know, in like 2002 or something like that, you could you could create yourself in the game. And usually what I love to do was go through and make myself like seven foot two and 240 pounds and, and 99 on every single stat. So I could go and put myself on my team, throw the ball to me every single time. And I would catch it every single time and right. nobody could tackle me. And it was awesome. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, ben Carlin, football player champion. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I was like, there's, there's nothing cooler than the ability to do this thing. And then I think that eventually or a couple years later, you know, like I would, I would get like the new version each year. Uh, they, they sort of like nerfed it to the point where uh, you could only like assign 200 total stat points which meant you had to choose whether or not they could be, you know, fast or catch the ball or jump or, you yeah. know, like, like, you know, uh, like juke and stuff like that. So it, like at some point in time you had, you had to like, be like, okay, you can make them super balanced and have everything instead of like 50 stat points be 60 stat points. And then they're not really good at anything, but they're well-rounded at everything. Right. Um, or alternatively, if you want to make them like really good at jumping, like they could jump higher than anybody else in the game, but then you really don't have any stat points left over to do just about anything else with them. Right. Um, and you're and- forced to make like a, um, a more reasonably well-rounded player. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And um, then, and then I think what they're really trying to do was to get you to like play a campaign where your character would then, by way of playing with them, right, I- improve and their stat points could then like uh, grow. Yeah, and, you could like do practices and get stat points to allocate to them, which is like God. Even when I think about that, it's like you wanted to play Madden so you could run practice drills. Like boring, but boring. Boring. Actually, as you're talking about this, I'm having some crazy flashbacks to Madden. Do you remember in the game like? You would like win. You would if you like. You would play a game, and then you would get like like a, a pack of cards. Yes, yes, I do remember in this. the games. And like I always remember, I so loved opening the cards because sometimes at the back of it there would be like a like a almost like a cheat code card or something. Yep. But it would be like sticky hands, and it would be this funny drawing of a guy, and he'd have like glue on his hands. But it'd be like you could then in another game open the menu and go to your cards and like activate it. And it would be like your players are like 20% more likely to catch the ball for the next like five minutes or something. Yes. Yes, dude. I man, I'm thinking about now. Like I, I loved getting those and feeling like, oh man, this is going to give me such an edge. But then I also am remembering like never, ever, ever playing one of the cards. No like, way. Like always like being afraid. Like, is this the opportunity to use it? No, better save it for a better opportunity. Get, being get. like very extremely conservative. Like, 
like, this is a one-time use sort of situation. If you use it now, you won't be able to use it later. So never use it ever. And right. so I remember like love getting them, love collecting them, loving anticipating the moment when I would activate one of them and never doing it. That is so funny yeah. and amazing <laughs> um, because it's like, it's uh, I think also in Atomic Habits, one of the things that they talk about is like, is like online shopping and how like typically like the process of going through and like making a purchase and everything. Uh, it's like the, the moment of like the, the, or the, the dopamine hit that you get comes the moment you like press purchase. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, it's not when the thing arrives, it's not unboxing it. It's not using it. The happiest you ever are with that purchase is the moment you click the button. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's like one of those things, like when you like realize that and you're like, when it arrives and and I think that he even gives the example um, that like there there's like some people out there who like have realized this behavior and do it on purpose and like will purchase things and then return them Ah. upon like arrival so that like they get the dopamine hit of having purchased an object without without ever actually using it. Um, But it just sounds to me like 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 getting these cards and like having them and like the the potential energy to do something fun. It's like, oh, but I can't ever actually do it. You know, it's like because then I won't be able to do it. Then I won't be able to do it. I'd rather have my cake than eat it, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember these these exact same cards (laughs) and uh, my childhood best friend. His name was John. And uh, there were there would be sleepovers that we would have and we would be so, so interested in collecting these cards so that we could have them. Uh, in the Madden video game yeah. that we would literally play because you had to play through an entire game to like get a pack of cards or whatever. And so we, we would set like games that were two minutes long and we would both play on one half and the other person would play on defense. And then the moment the ball was hiked, they would just press a tackle, a tackle or uh, like change character tackle. So like it would cause all of the players to just like you would, you would toggle through literally all of them and right. make them all make, jump on the make ground. Make the entire other team just fall over. Yes. Yeah. And so our goal was to run up the score as fast as we could so that we could get the most number of points so that we could get the most number of packs <clears throat> right. at the end of the ep- or at the end of each game. Right, or just farming packs. Farming yeah. packs. So what we literally do is spend the entire night not playing a competitive game right. so that we would have unlimited access to all of these cards so that then when we did actually play we could just like stomp the computer right yeah you know so it was like <laughs> it was like at no point in time was the objective to ever just get better at the game right it was to basically yeah farm the packs so that we didn't have to be better at the game so that we could beat the computer by using our hard-earned training cards right in, yeah. in game <laughs> which was ridiculous and also sometimes you like i feel like you didn't get any of like the trick the trick cards oh, yeah. or whatever. It's yeah. so like, oh my gosh, we just played an entire, you know, that that eight minute game took us like twelve <coughs> minutes to actually play with all the all the you know inner inner scenes yeah. and everything. And it's like, so then you only you only get five of those per hour, right? Like five packs. Guys, I'm doing some math here. Is it worth up, it? Got to stay up till three. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then we don't even. You say, it sounds like the same thing though. Did you ever end up using the cards? <laughs> it, it seemed like it seemed like rarely, but like that feeling, that payoff was like yeah. was so great. I it feel was like, like if you did use them it wasn't like it you know it was it would just like so happen so passively it wasn't like so obvious that the card was in effect 
You know, like if you use the sticky hands, it wasn't like all of a sudden you could like physically see like some sort of glue on the gloves or something. It was right, just like, yeah. and it wasn't even like, like you could use that and then your person could still drop the ball. He could still drop yeah. the ball. Yeah. It was like, it's like, you make them, make them better, not yeah, perfect. Right. You know, this is, it's not like, you know, 2002 Ben Carlin. Whoa. Yeah. No, number, number 36. Right. Seven, seven <laughs> yeah. foot two. Seven <laughs> foot two. Perfect stats everywhere. Good luck, losers. Right. Yeah. That guy never dropped the ball. He was great. <laughs> he was great because he didn't run cross country. <laughs> right. Yeah. He was hitting the gym and the uh, just uh, good genetics, I guess. Yeah. Apparently all yeah. the things. That is hilarious. Okay. Okay. Well, speaking of different um, sports, Ben, let's segue. Hey, so uh, you guys, uh, we, you ran the marathon and then we did our Maytime Murph. Yes, we and did. Whatever. And there's been some chatter about what what should we do next? What's the, oh, right now, I guess we're doing Miles Manage, which we can talk about in a second if you want. But there's been like, what are, you know, it seemed like there was a, 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 a gathering on Saturday mornings to do a thing with like Mike and Steven or whatever. Yes. And so I think you asked me a while ago and I was like, we should get into pickleball. And then I think you asked Steven the next day and he was like, we should get into pickleball. I, I literally, and I was yeah. like, have you talked to Jay? And yeah. he was like, no. no. And I was like, <laughs> he's done the same thing. What are the odds of both of you guys suggesting pickleball? I know. I know. I didn't anticipate this. Yeah. Well, you know, it's out there, man. So I guess the question is, should we get into pickleball? <laughs> well, I mean, so I, I feel like, so once upon a time, you and I uh, rented a, um, a like lake house venue place mm-hmm. uh, where we went and we shot our very meager duck in a cup video yeah um which which was available or is available on patreon uh, yeah if you want to check that out patreon.com this is popcorn culture um but while we were, while we were down there like this this place that we rented was like i don't know maybe like 20 acres and like that it was like a like a brick ranch but like it had like a pool in the backyard which we could do some stuff with and it had like a separate warehouse building that just had a pickleball co- pickleball court on it. Yeah. And I have a feeling that like a lot of people who rent this particular venue, it's like, I'm going to go and like play, have like a pickleball marathon. Right. Because like you got like full access and like you can't bother anybody. You're completely remote. Like it seems like so much fun. And so we played some games and it was super fun. Yeah. And it feels like it's become this thing that's like just very quickly growing activity. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, my suspicion is probably yeah like i mean if you don't know what it is it's basically um it's a four-person game i think usually and you're basically playing uh tennis on a smaller court with smaller rackets and with a wiffle ball it literally feels like an activity that a gym teacher invented for kids who like were less likely to pick up tennis. Yeah. Is is what I have always felt about it. Like even like when when we went and stayed at that house and I saw like the pickleball rackets and stuff, I was like, well this isn't like this can't be real pickleball. This is like yeah. a wiffle ball. And then like I've like since like looked into it like more and it's like that is correct. That is how it goes. Yeah, it's like yeah. It's like because in my mind, I remember going and playing like racquetball yeah. um in high school, which was something that like our group of friends would would pretty periodically going like we would like rent a court at like the local ymca type place that we went to um and go and just like whale the ball and i mean it's like a super hard rubber ball that travels insanely fast yeah it's super bouncy um but yeah there there is absolutely something to like the like that i mean not to say that pickleball is slow 
either. It's, it's probably like a game of ping pong where it's like you could go and play it in a super recreational manner or you could play against people who are super good and I bet it's intense. Yeah, I'm sure it is, but I do think, I bet it's less, I bet it's, I think it's even more approachable than ping pong. You think it's more approachable than ping pong? Yes. Wow. Yes. Okay. Let I me like tell you what I don't like about ping pong. Is, is that it's not that approachable at all. It's not approachable at all. No, the whenever you play ping pong, it's because someone who's good at it has asked you to do it. Ping pong and Mario Kart are literally in the exact yeah. same column. It's no matter what, whenever you're playing either of them, someone in the group is way better than everyone else and they win every single time. No, ben, this, is, this is my this is my strategy is to never tell people when I'm good at stuff. Okay. And just wait for it to naturally happen and then blow their minds. And oh, this is my strategy. However, the backside of this is that it means I invest a lot of time in getting really good at things that never come up ever. <laughs> so you're just waiting. You're just biding I'm just, your time. I'm just biding my time and you just wait. Everyone, uh, you know, people enjoy Mario Kart. That's a good one because lots of people enjoy Mario Kart and it feels reasonable that it could come up at any given moment. True. And yeah. uh, then that's when it's that's when it's the most fun. Okay. But like ping pong on the other hand, yeah, like our friend John, man, you go to his house and he would of course want to play ping pong because he was going to destroy you. You can't even return a serve. I know. I know. Yeah. This, uh, but this was the thing is I was like, you know, it's like having the table itself makes such a huge difference yes. because then clearly like the person's going to like go down there and like practice all the time. Yeah. And I remember our parents got us a pool table when we were kids and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. Like I'm going to have a lifelong school like like talent of yeah. being amazing at pool. Mm-hmm. That never happened. No, I just, I just never got good at pool. Oh, man. Yeah. I feel like I went down there. I played a lot of I mean, you can just the great thing about having a pool table is you can just play by yourself and just shoot the balls into the pockets, you know? Yeah, just, just yeah. Get you don't have to like be stripes or solids or anything. Just go out and do it. And I feel like as an adult, it is translated to like like, you know, if you're playing pool a lot, the best thing to do to get better at pool is just play it a lot. Yeah. But, um, you know, as an adult, having played many, many, many hours, it's like I feel like I have maybe like a like I'm like 15 percent better than your average person, but not anywhere near as good as someone who is, you know, hitting the hitting the the tables all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Well, so I, I got to say, I have such a ridiculous anecdote <laughs> to to apply to this particular thing, because okay. um, I have been playing uh, a game that that does have like a global ranking mechanism which like lets me know just how many people out there on the planet are better at something than i am yeah uh which is a very very humbling experience yeah um but uh, i have never been huge for mobile games sure uh not something that i've really like been able to like ever like truly commit to i've pretty much had one maybe two on my phone uh like hard stop for like the past i don't even know eight years yeah uh one of them is just like a little slider numbers game uh i think it's called 2048 oh that game's so fun it is super fun uh i usually exclusively play both of these games on flights and so like back when we were doing like meetups yeah they require no additional download or internet connection once you have it you've got the full game exactly yeah Yeah. and and so this was always something like it used to be like when we were doing like meetups and stuff like that and traveling a bit more um I, i i would say like i played a tiny bit more which is to say like you know 10 times a year right um because it'd be like all right well, i'm on a flight so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that thing that i I'm only do, do while on flights. um but here recently uh I, I don't really know like what has has caused it but i've been playing the game kingdom rush ah oh, so fun i know super fun it's just like a tower defense game and oh, but uh, it is the tower defense game it is yeah it's, yeah it's really great uh it's just like the little characters are hilarious and fun it's like super whimsical and i don't know it's it's like simple and complicated at the same time yeah, but yeah. um uh, uh at, at varying points in my life i have like got 
gotten reasonably good-ish to okay at the game and then like my game gets cleared or my cache gets what like a new phone or whatever right. like, all my data is lost or something happens and and so I'm, i've never really like made it like super far but so here recently they have a mode which is like at like an endless uh like endless enemy mode like so, horde mode horde mode yeah, yeah exactly so it's just sort of like the game starts you have very little cash flow and like the, the there there is no end there is no beating it you just play until until you lose until you lose and this was always something um that i that i felt like diablo 2 lacked because like you could get your character up to the point where he's like really good you could just beat the game over and over and over and over and over again but it was like what's like but but why like yeah. there's like, it's like at some point there's like yeah now what do i do right it's like it's so fun when every like new piece of equipment you get makes you like that much better and that much more competitive and like eventually okay now i can beat more monsters like no now i can now i can do the most difficult difficulty like solo and then it's like then what and it's like nothing right and the problem is is that the 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 time arc it takes to get from being very bad to being very good is not long um usually it's it's right. like you know a, a month right a few weeks and it, i mean it's like it, i feel like even that would be different if like the final boss like when you got to diablo or bale they were like nearly unbeatable or something yeah so it was you almost know? like like to defeat them gave you some type of like visible accolade right. that like people like dang yeah they've beat bale they beat like, bale know. yeah like that was insane that took a lot of coordination amongst several people to do and you know that that would be something so just like then even just beating the game would have been like yeah i beat diablo that right, was right. great yes yeah um and and yes then that that could become like the 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 gold at the end of the at the end of the tunnel or like the thing you could constantly like aspire to that would take like that much more commitment to be better at but so anyway uh in in this game kingdom rush the the horde mode does keep track of like a global score board okay and um i i like you know had kind of been playing like sort of like super casually you know just like kind of like one of those things like pull up the game like every once in a while and um i was getting to like 16 17 18 waves almost every single time and that high score was pl- placing me at like 220,000th in the world right so like really really not good and it was one of those things where it was like i started playing more and started playing more and i was like all right like i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna try a little more i'm gonna try I'm a new strategy all right i'm gonna try a yeah. new thing and the more that like i started to like see like tiny like little bits of progress it was like all right this is kind of fun you yeah. know and so then i got up to like I, I just got like my, my most recent high score, I think was just literally yesterday. And I was like, I'm kind of excited to see how I rank on the overall scoreboard now. Yeah. And it was like 20,000th. And it was just one of those things where I was like, there are 20,000 people on the planet who have, <laughs> like, who have done like was, better than me. It's like, yeah. I was so proud of this score. How have 20,000 people. And in my mind, I'm like every single one of them is just a casual player. And like, here I am like feverishly working to like try to get better at the game. And I'm like sweating mm-hmm. while I'm playing. And yeah. It's like, Not now, Addison. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. But like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm like committed right. at this point in time. Like, and I imagine to get even to 50 rounds takes like a good 20, 30 minutes. Yes. At this point yeah. in time, it's like, it's like, I almost have to wait until Addison has been right. put like, to I gotta, bed. I need, look, no one talked to me. No I one. need a good chunk of time here. Today could be the day. We don't know. We don't know. We don't yeah. know. It could happen. Right. And, and so then of course, like I, uh, I, I got my score. So I was like 20,000th in the world. And I was just like, Every single one of these, it was like in my mind, it was like every person who's ever beaten me is just that complete recreational user who's just playing on the plane. Right. And they're just like, oh, this is, oh, oh I got lucky. Cool. Yeah. 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 It's like, how about that? Yeah. I'm good at this, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, 
I don't know. I don't even know the point I'm trying to make here. We started talking about something, but uh, the, I, I think it's just like the it maybe it's the pickleball or, or like the, yeah, like the ping pong or the Mario Kart. You know? Right. Yeah. Like, are you good at it or not? Well, I think what's so great is that I think why pickleball probably has caught on here recently so much is because like even when we were just at that lake weekend doing the duck in a cup stuff like you're right we would like just like knock it back and forth and i think like when people think about wanting to play tennis it's like they imagine like a game where the ball is going back and forth for a while and you're like really competing and eventually someone just misses right and it's like to play any amount of actual tennis like that's just so never how it is right you know like it, if you go back and forth like four or five times that's amazing but like to go like 20 times that's a really unusual bout you just had yes you know probably it was like four five boom someone was out of position that's it you're tired done right but like right away i think with pickleball it can it can very much be like you can go back and forth a lot really quickly like the fe- like the feud to the finish line yeah is, is very feverish yeah it, it's feverish and because like because of the way wiffle balls are like you they they will slow down a lot yes. no, almost no matter what right and so like at some point like even if you're up right on the net and you just slam it like it might bounce off the ground and go high but then it's gonna float there and they're gonna have time to get to it and at least knock it back towards you right and yeah so i think I think that's what is so fun is like the, the idea that you can really just like go back and have like and that that to me is what's really fun too is that like it can really feel very competitive and back and forth right away. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that that probably does unlock something for a lot of people where it's like the, the game is is that much more approachable. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's it, like. Oh, oh, actually. Oh, my gosh. I was just watching a video about this exact thing yesterday that I think probably helps explain it. Um, I, you, I, I've talked before about how I play the mobile game Marvel Snap a nice. lot. Yeah, yeah. And so I was watching this presentation by one of the creators of the game uh, yesterday on TikTok. And he was talking about like how they were trying to position the game so that like or he was pointing at like, OK, so a lot of games, this is how it is. We're like, um if you win the game, maybe that's like a plus 30 for you. But then like losing the game feels equally as bad as the joy you get from winning. So like winning is plus 30, whereas losing is minus 30, which if that means, you know, and all things being equal, you are walking away from the game with a net zero positivity. Yes, I would say this is how I feel with with Rocket League. Right. You know, it's like you can win two games, lose two games, and you walk away and you're like, well, there's that. Right. But I would bet Rocket League is very much... um, is good at achieving exactly what I'm about to explain. Okay. Which is like the way they tried to manipulate everything in the game to make it feel like even whilst you were losing, you had a chance to win or that you, you still had fun even if you lost. So whereas like an absolute win in the game might be like a net 30 positive for you and you know just you know joy points or whatever yeah i love where, it but like even if you lost you might still be at like a, a net 10 because like you were you were trying to do something and like it worked out but things just didn't fall your way oh like, yeah that's like, interesting i did a cool thing but my opponent just did something a little bit better or they also have the ability to just like retreat from the match so that like you don't like you know lose everything that you don't lose entirely like your um your cubes or whatever okay that's what you're trying to win um but you can at some point recognize that like 
you're about like you're in an unwitting you've been checkmated essentially so like if the game ends you'll lose the maximum number of cubes but you can also just hit retreat right now and so like they used to have the button say you know concede but they switched it to retreat so now it's not that you're you're not you're not giving up you're making a tactical retreat and then when you do that it used to say you lose but they changed it to say escaped so it's like yeah oh no no you didn't you didn't lose this game you're a genius you made a good tactical retreat you're so smart that's <laughs> you know amazing and it's just like these little tricks they've done and like they've made it to, they they try not to put cards in the game that will like completely shut the other person down from being able to play the game so like there's not a lot of like what's commonly called like control cards okay which is if you've ever, if you heard us talk about big steve that's how he likes to play pokemon yeah it's just yeah, like yeah. nope this is not uh you can't play because i played cards that stop you from doing what you want to do so i'll just sit here and do my stuff and you just sit there and that's right, the, right. like that's no fun and like those are that's a very common strategy in most like competitive card games which is totally fine but they do it seems like they actively are trying to like we can't not have it but we're not going to make it overwhelming in snap interesting or whatever, so. that's good that's good yeah because yeah. i mean nobody wants to sit there and like bask in their loss exactly uh, like you know it's one of those things where i feel like if you're even like sitting across from a fellow human being you're like out physically at a tournament it's yeah. sort of like okay like you know you gotta you gotta see it through you know like yeah. whatever uh but but especially for like online gameplay if you're just like you know sitting in the bathroom by yourself and it's like well this is over it's like there's literally nothing preventing you from just being like I'm out. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I, I think that's probably very good strategy from like a game maker standpoint just to be like, all right, you know, like, is, there, is there a way to like make people more comfortable with like seeing it through, even if like, you know, yeah. it means a, a loss right. along the way. So anyway, that's why I think pickleball is probably fun because if you've hit the ball back and forth 10 times, you felt like you were really in it. You had a chance to win that point. Yes. N- you know, five times. Right. And you lost, but it was really fun losing that point. Exactly. So. Anyway, we should get into pickleball. I like it. Okay, yeah. I'm in. I'm in. You you have completely sold me on yes. on the experience. The only real downside is that we're getting ready. We're, we, so we I think we talked about the possibility of having an episode with Tyler. Yeah. Uh, this week, which unfortunately he was not feeling well, we weren't able to uh, to get get the time that we had scheduled with him to work out. Uh, and so we're getting ready to leave for the beach. And so the only thing that makes me sad about this plan is that it's gonna be like two weeks before we have the opportunity to go and play some pickleball. Well, that's true. That's true. I suppose there could be a pickleball court at the beach, <gasps> but we have to look into that. Okay. We'll yeah. do that. We'll do that. All right. So uh, more reports back. And if you are a pickleball player, be sure to let us know yeah. anything that we should know. Anything. Any Actually, I guess while you're listening to this, we've already been at the beach for a full week. So that's true. Any yeah. tips for me in particular on how to mm-hmm. beat Jay? Uh, how can I take him down? I don't know. This could be my moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all, it's also doubles. So it feels like you could also you could also also, you know, like put some of the burden on your teammate like it wasn't to, me being able to share the the weight with a teammate yeah. goes such a long way so immediately because you like win together and lose together and i think yeah. that, that 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 makes just such a spectacular uh like psychological difference in the way that you like approach approach the game yeah and honestly the the biggest thing it reminds me of is the sport that we invented back when we were in like high venice. school or, or college venice which was essentially it was very the similar. same thing yeah it was it was just literally tennis with a volleyball on a tennis court and i think we we allowed it such that you had like one bounce no you had two bounces two bounces yeah okay. which meant that you could get up to the net and absolutely spike the gnarliness right out of the ball immediately take the one bounce but 
it had another one to go. It had another one so to like go. giant spikes weren't always that great. What you really needed was like a very long range, like the first bounce is going to carry the ball way away from them kind of spike. Exactly. But then you had to be like very particular about it because like, you right. know, if you overshot it, then like then you're just out of bounds yeah. entirely. The second bounce was really the magic of that game because you could always get back into it. I, I think it also helped because it also let the other team reset in the process too so it, it, you're you're i feel like we have absolutely found the answer to why it was such a fun game is yeah because it made it so competitive like i remember the summer that we played and we were going and like inviting all sorts of different people out to like yeah. come and play the game with us and it was so much fun and at no point in time do i ever remember winning or losing no the game. i don't yeah yeah i just remember it just being it like was just, it was so fun to run around the court and hit the ball back to the other side yes yeah and i also remember getting lots of blisters on my feet from yeah the so we'd, we'd play barefoot and stuff yeah, yeah I which mean, as, nice as you smart, do right? regulation <laughs> totally right you just, gotta, you just gotta build up the calluses yeah that's all. anyway so um all right so pickleball maybe on a horizon more more to report back on in the future uh but otherwise guys if you have any feedback about the show you can send that over to popcornculturepod at gmail.com or if you'd like to check out that um episode of, of, of the, the duck in a cup video that we made or uh an extra show that we record every single week called after the final pop um it's just an extra 10 to 15 minutes of jay and i talking about just something we didn't get to in the main episode mm-hmm. um you can do that at patreon.com slash popcorn culture just select the um sh- uh, not the show up the show the uh, after the final pop tier and you also get access to the entire back catalog so it's a really good like bang for your buck uh tier if you're wanting to just get some more popcorn culture action out of that uh but otherwise guys until next time pop pop Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.